Thank you for being the choir today. We think that we live in a terrible time. And if you watch the news and listen to people's stories, you would often be right. It's a terrible time. I'm coming to understand that every time is a terrible time, and every time is a wonderful time. Life is just a mixture of the terrible and the wonderful in every generation. The prophet Isaiah was speaking in a terrible time. I'm indebted to preaching professor John Holbert for his thoughts about the passage that Russ read a little bit earlier because just in reading one of the commentaries that he wrote about Isaiah 60, he reminded me that the Bible is simply a story of the people of God living through the worst and the best, the good and the bad, the ugly and the sweet. And so Isaiah 60 was composed well after the Babylonian exile. During those difficult days when the Babylonian exiles had returned to Jerusalem only to find the place still pretty much a ruin and filled with those who had not been exiled, the peasants, the small landowners, local enterprising merchants, some Samaritans from the north. They were just eking out a living for the two generations since the city had been raised. Times were hard. And the ancient glories of Israel, such as they had been, were only a distant and painful memory. It was a terrible time. And into this difficult historical moment comes the prophet Isaiah, full of hope and joy for a bright future for a wrecked land. And he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Who wants to hear that in the middle of a terrible time? He shouts, the glory of Yahweh is upon you. Yahweh is the radiant one, and you can almost hear the grumbling of the people. Yeah, that's easy for you to say, old man, you hadn't been here. And as if the prophet could hear what they were thinking, he just goes on. And he says, yes, darkness covers, I think what we read here was darkness shall cover the earth. But in Hebrew, the present and the future tense are the same translation. And so I think it could be translated also, yes, darkness covers the earth. A thick darkness on the people. But he says, Yahweh shall be radiant. God's glory shall be all around you, while nations shall go toward your light and kings to the brightness of your radiance. Yes, I know it's been tough, says Isaiah, but that's all about to change. Yahweh has shown up full of glory, 
And the result will be that nations shall rush toward Jerusalem and kings shall hurry to bask in the brightness of, that God has granted. Lift up your eyes all around and look. All of them, kings and nations, have gathered and your sons and daughters from far away have also come and they shall be established. Isaiah paints a vivid portrait of God's will, of what God's will is for the people Israel. Yahweh's light will shine so brightly that nations and kings will be drawn to it like moths to a flame. Someone has to be appointed to be the good news bearer in terrible times. For the people who had returned from the Babylonian exile early 6th century, it was Isaiah. Who will it be for us? Who shall be the good news bearers for this terrible time? Let me suggest that it's not Russ and me. We will do our part. I promise you that. We will do our part. But this is a collective effort. Part of our calling is to seek the welfare of all of God's people. Part of our calling is to be the voice for those who have been silenced. Part of our calling is to help those who are down and out to be lifted up. We are to be the face of those who have been diminished. We are to be the hands and feet of those who need help. So whether your vocation is that of minister or writing TV deodorant commercials, or teacher or doctor or maintenance personnel or bus driver or any number of jobs, you must know that if you claim the way of Jesus, you have been called for these things I've just mentioned. And... It is part of our collective calling to be bearers of good news for this time. It's our job in the midst of living in the terrible parts of the world to say, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And you know there'll be people out there saying, What is she talking about? I see no light. And yet we continue to say it. So just as Isaiah spoke to, some, um, to the people living in some amount of darkness, so too it is our task to offer people who walk in various shades of darkness the surprising light of God. Living out of all the hope we can muster, we are reminded every now and then about the light. Christine Yoder, professor of Old Testament, says, So testify this epiphany season to the inbreaking, world-inverting power of God's glory, to the radiant light that by no effort of human will or ingenuity has come for the sake of everyone. That light enables the forgotten and the hopeless to rise to their feet 
That light prompts nations and kings to pay homage. It is to that light that we make our way in midwinter, bringing all that we have to kneel before God. I caught a glimpse of Amanda Gordon's newest poem. It's intended to honor the hardships, the hurt, and hope and healing of 2021 while hearkening the potential of 2022. I read you a portion of her newest poem. It's entitled, New Day's Lyric. May this be the day we come together. Morning we come to mend. Withered we come to weather. Torn we come to tend. Battered we come to better. Tethered by this year of yearning, we are learning that though we weren't ready for this, we have been readied by it. Steadily we vow that no matter how we are weighed down, we must always pave a way forward. This hope is our door, our portal. Even if we never get back to normal, someday we can venture beyond it to leave the known and take the first steps. So let us not return to what was normal, but reach toward what is next. She goes on with various ideas for how to do that in only a way that she can write. But because we all walk in various shades of darkness, I offer you this day just a little bit of light, just enough to make your way forward, reaching for whatever is next. So people of God, friends, arise, shine, for your light has come. May it be so. Amen.